January 2nd, 2022. It's the Watt for Pedro Show.
for Pedro Show started off happy Sunday I should say second of January actually the first of the new year if you don't include us going in last episode would be a Bill T. Miller celebrated a Boston three ahead hour and I think my guess is three hour ahead again but anyway we started with up against the wall John Coltrane live at the showboat in Philadelphia 1963 and then Zach Rodden with the organ that remains, because of those Skype engineers in Estonia, that invention has made it possible for me to have Zach Rowden aboard. Welcome aboard, Zach. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolute respect and grateful to Al Margolis for making Connect. Yes, completely. Now, uh, Curious about you. I love the stuff you sent me. Curious about your journey through music. Please bring your earliest musical recollection, Zach. My earliest musical recollection. Uh, I think it kind of all began with I was I was I'm a fan before a player. I think is kind of where it all begins. And I my dad got me into Black Sabbath when I was in fourth fifth grade. And that was kind of like the the spilling of the ink. <laughs> you know, I I became obsessed with Sabbath and getting into... Your earliest musical memory is Black Sabbath. All right. I got yes. into them as maybe 12 or 13. Yeah. Uh, except not through my pop. Yeah. Was no, you know, that was trippy. I remember meeting kids whose parents were hippies. And I like... I, right. Because I'm born in 57, so that was kind of trippy. But, right, of course, yeah. it, it was inevitable anyway. So. <laughs> so, all right, it's not my story anyway. It's yours. In the pad you grew up, Zach, was there any musical instruments? Um. Yeah, my mom kind of – I have two older sisters, and my mom was – neither of my parents were uh, – musicians, but my mom was kind of like, you should, you all should play an instrument. So uh, I started playing the cello in fourth and fifth grade. Uh, I was living on Long Island at the time, and then I moved to Virginia. And <clears throat> when I moved to Virginia, they were like, we have too many cellos. Um, why don't you play the bass? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll play the bass. I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm the new kid, you know, I just moved here or whatever. Um, and that's how... Uh, that's how I started playing the bass, and that was I was in sixth grade, and I didn't really care about playing it <laughs> for a long time, honestly. Um, so yeah, it kind of was uh, so ending up playing music was kind of like haphazard in, in the best way. The instruments weren't in the pad; they were at the school. Yes, there was, was a piano at home, but I never really we never really jammed super heavy on it um, as a kid. And you weren't um, uh, asked to go through the piano lesson. When I was younger, I did for maybe like a couple of months, but not even long enough to remember, really. Um, it just kind of didn't stick. And I was playing sports and stuff when I was a kid. So, um, yeah, music kind of came much later for me in, in, a, in a serious way uh, for playing. But listening was always yeah, well, like, let me ask you didn't about stop. That, let me ask you about that. Then. First album you bought with your own money. 
Uh, Germs GI LP. Yeah, great album. Yeah. Uh, and what yeah, was the and first it was gig you saw. Hmm. The first gig you saw. The first gig I saw. Uh, I think when I was really, well, like first gig I really remember when I was I was in middle school and uh, I went and saw the Casualties. And my dad, yeah, my dad brought me to go see the casualties because I found a flyer, um, you know, uh, to go in Richmond. I was like 12, 11, you know, first time going to an actual club with real bands, well, you like, know. Like what, Twisters? Uh, yeah, but yeah, it was Twisters. It, it was, uh, at that time, it was Nancy Reagan. And oh, then yeah. it now it became. Changed his name a few times. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it did recently close beginning of the pandemic or yeah. a little bit maybe before but yeah no exactly there <laughs> and it had another name again yeah it was a bagel czar and then it was strange matter that's right i, think I played it, them yeah. when it was strange matter also but yeah. i played in the twister days also yeah that's amazing <laughs> right. yep yep on west gray street um absolutely absolute. i've always mm -hmm. had a good time Richmond. oh yeah wonderful city uh and, uh, love it but and, let me ask you okay did that bass and the cello that just stayed at school or did you bring them home i had i had a bass at home um throughout high school uh we're but in middle we're school we're talking stand up right yeah we're talking stand up yeah um did you ever move to the electric bass in those days i uh, kind of it was i i had an electric bass it was more of like i you know, tried to have a couple bands with friends and no one was super committed or none of us were good enough to teach the other one. We're talking um, about the after school in the afternoon, right? The exactly. Band, yeah. The definitely. Band, the yeah. Band. Yeah. Totally. Like playing infest covers and, you know, um, yeah, I got, you know, you into power. To, uh, let, let me say some Richmond bands. Uh, Always August and uh, Alternatives. No, and no. Those are before oh, your time, because those yeah, were, those were some Richmond bands that were signed to SST in the eighties. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know the Four Walls Falling stuff, like talking early Richmond stuff. Uh, but yeah, I came in and I was mainly just going to shows with my friends, and then I would end up going to like noise shows alone because <laughs> no one wanted to go um, to the kind of. Uh, the outsider stuff so um yeah it was a nice it was an amazing place i was grew up like 20 minutes outside the city so it was an amazing place to be able to have access and, as like and a mama's prendon were you aware of them no these guys were making uh i don't know five six thousand so they didn't do a lot of gigs but they recorded like crazy and they were vcu cats okay and i remember yeah. playing that campus once but i remember because there's a school right in town there, and mm -hmm. you know when you got a college, sometimes there's a music scene, sometimes there ain't. But yeah, yeah totally. but you're, you, it sounds like you were more coming from hardcore, uh, uh, young uh, skate punk or something, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I got into yeah Sabbath, Ramones, Misfits, kind of was the beginning, and then it quickly turned into like black metal and power violence and noise and hardcore and. Um, I, I quickly, you know, gravitated towards extremes in the genre. And then, uh, but, but you were, uh, you were trying to rock the electric bass with that stuff. 
Yeah, I was trying to rock the electric bass, but it wasn't, it was kind of like I was, you know, I was, I was a really serious soccer player for a while. So it was kind of like I was doing a bunch of stuff and then music was this thing kind of always looking at me of being like, oh, I'll play a little bit. But like nothing ever became really formalized. Um, what so about the electric- when you graduate high school? Hmm? You graduate high school. Do you want to pursue music? No, it's just a little side thing, right? Well, as well that, as, and that's, I mean, as far as higher education. Well, that's actually where the fork in the road goes the opposite way. I actually went to school for music um, because I found out. Oh, so you must have made a big decision. Yeah, so I I kind of, I I had no idea what I was doing, and I found this field, uh, you know, I found the field of music therapy. So I was like, from, again, a listening perspective, I was like, oh, I could help people with music. This is, I'm interested in psychology. Using music as a... as a tool, part of therapy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, can I ask you something? Did you know the difference between the cella and the bass? uh, One's tuned in fourths, one's in fifths. I mean, were you that into it? Um, Once I picked it up, I then became like, you know, like, oh yeah, this has this. And, you know, I, I became interested in it and was kind of naturally, um, could get my way around from kind of half sight reading, half barely knowing how to read music um, when I was in middle school and high school. And it was kind of once I found out about like, I could go to college for music therapy. Like that sounds better than most things I've heard. That's when it kind yeah, of turned like, the it, flip switch to, you know, um, it seems to me like not just a, a means unto itself, but it more like it's going to be applied to something bigger in your life. Totally. Totally. And just, yeah, it's like an application of music. I never really, heard of and at the time again i wasn't really a player i you know i wasn't jamming a ton it was more like i again like i was buying records all the time it didn't have a ton of time to play play or really have anyone around me that was being creative i think uh in my close circle in that kind of way so um yeah so i got thrown in the deep end and i went to like conservatory uh music school (laughs) um and I switched my major in three days from music therapy to performance uh, because I was I was in a guitar class and we were singing like Kumbaya or something. And I was wearing like a Bathory hoodie, you know, with a big goat head on it and whatever. And I just kind of had this like kind of a feeling I've never had before of just being like this. I can't do this. <laughs> you know, it was like really abrupt. Um, so I walked out and I was like, I called my mom and was like, I, I'm going to switch my major to performance and figure it out later. And um, I had an amazing bass teacher and he has become an amazing colleague and friend, Donovan Stokes. Uh, and he, but yeah, he, he kind of completely, you know, helped me from zero to 60 basically. Uh and so by the time I was done with school, I thought I was going to be a musicologist and study a bunch of, you know, downtown New York, 20th century stuff. And then um, he was like, you should keep playing. So I did. And I, I then kept going to school and went and studied with Robert Black, another wonderful bassist who plays in Bang on a Can. And so it was kind of once I got to grad school, it was kind of like I was playing like Romanian spectral music and microtonal stuff and, you know, theater pieces. And I was kind of in the thick of double bass experimentalism kind of stuff. Um, you, you hit the and, Bertram Turetsky? 
Oh, yeah. I, I know Bertram Dretzky. Yeah. I got to play with him once. I, I mean, I didn't set up the situation, but a very, very That's inter awesome. interesting man. I mean, composers have written pieces just for him. Yeah, ton, tons of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, no, Bert is... called, a... I guess, uh, Extended? Yeah, I think he's uh, Oceanside, maybe 100 miles south of Pedro here. Look, he oh, gave okay. me this music. <laughs> interesting title, number two. Uh, something I guess it's a, a duet with... Uh, Bro, Brodel, Brodel, Brodel. Hmm. Oh, oh, Bordre, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bordre, yeah. Oh, it's French, of course. Yes. Stupid what? Let's listen.
Pedro show. Got a big piece there. Bordre uh, Bordreau? Uh Bordre, yeah. Bordre. Yeah. yeah. Roden. Number Rowden. two. Yeah. Ra yeah. I should say Rowden. Okay. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, my name ain't Wait. It's Wait, yeah. <laughs> so okay, Rowden. Thanks for uh, hit me that. And then oh. Alan Ravenstein from Peru. He had me uh, play some bass to this piece he made that he called Sketch One. We did a couple days ago. Bombas Prendon. This is somebody you thought you might know. Wiggler's okay. Feel. Like I said, thousands of songs, maybe six gigs in about okay. 35, 40 Whoa. years. Yeah. Uh, back to your story. So, so you graduate uh, music school, and instead of being somebody who studies music, Objectively, you get into it subjectively by performing, and and that performing also includes composition. No, then that and that's kind of where things got kind of interesting for me. I I started hitting a bunch of different walls. I think because um, as a performance major, even at the master's level, they look at you just as someone who plays other people's music. Oh, so when I was classical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Boeing. I'm, but I'm in grad school playing all this crazy shit in my lessons. You know, gnarly. No, what I meant stuff. was like the the paradigm. I'm not saying you were doing classical music, but it, se it seems in parad in classical. I guess there's the the cadenzas. They let people freak oh, yeah. out, but then other shit. You, you know, you're a cog, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And even the cadenza stuff. I wish. And that's kind of my thing. I really do like the music. I like. The history I like, the performance practice, but You're going to school about, like, for the it. Culture. Yeah, I mean, well, it's just like Baroque music is insane. Like, there's a depth to the music that people are studying and like talking about treatises and all this kind of super nerdy stuff that I really get with because I employ, like, I got into microtonal tunings and stuff, which is all ancient stuff, but. When you talk to music students nowadays about anything like that, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm really into, you know, name Just Intonation or some Marin Marai, you know, whatever. Well, it's more just like, yeah, I just want to win a job. You know, I just want to be in New York Philharmonic. You know, it's like I just want to, you know, it's a very racehorse type of feeling. So and, I felt like and, I was. And, and the, 
openings don't occur much, right? The guy keeps his chair for four exactly, years. <laughs> exactly, totally. They yeah, they oh, they call man, it a death how watch. Vicious, yeah, right. Yeah, it's mean, super mean. And that was kind of my thing of being like, oh, I don't really fit over here either. So when I was in grad school, I was taking lessons with uh, this guitarist Joe Morris and doing like a lot of free improv stuff. So when I was in grad school, I was kind of like learning all this super hyper specific stuff on the bass and then learning how to kind of like unlearn it. And then once I graduated from grad school, that's when everything I think changed. And I was like, actually, I'm just going to make my own music. I can feel exactly where you're coming from. Brother. Yeah. It, it kind of felt like I had to, I took two years after school and kind of like shedded a couple different mindsets and, uh, you know, kind of, things that I thought I was interested in, even within the base. And now I've kind of come back around to like, not square one, but I'm not trying to make the base do things that it can't anymore. And, you know, and I do a lot of stuff on cassette, you know, tape loops and eight track loops and stuff and playing fiddle. So it's kind of like, Oh, you're talking having, about eight tracks. You mean like, the yeah, old like days? cartridges. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Why? That, look, I tried to learn electric bass using those. There's no needle to move back. You got to wait till the motherfucker mm -hmm. moves back around, which was one fourth of the total time, right? Oh yeah. They would click oh, yeah. right in the middle of the fucking. Mm -hmm. that. <laughs> let, let me ask you, because uh, before we get too past like this mm -hmm. piece of music, I want this duet here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can you explain? So me and Layla met. Uh, when do we meet? 2016, 2017. She's uh, a French American cellist living in Brooklyn, and um, we share a lot of interests in kind of being having feet in both worlds, right? This kind of like composition, avant-garde, blah blah blah, and then like being really into noise. Um, and we started playing a lot and recorded a, a tape like immediately, and we're touring and. Um, and then we we've worked on a bunch of ensemble pieces together. And then this past year, we um, I got uh, we got offered to do a tape with this great little label in Belgium called Dadaist. And uh, so she came up to uh, I'm out in New Haven, Connecticut, and um, she came up to New Haven and we recorded some new stuff. And on that tape, I did a re-edit of a couple of tracks. And um, so, yeah, we've been playing together for a handful of years and it's one of my favorite projects because um, the whole thing was just basically like, Oh, we want to make a drone band with like cello and bass. That's it. You know, it's not like improvised, improvised music and it's not, you know, it, it kind of falls in this in between that we were kind of after. Um, are you talking so, yeah. to me? Are you talking to me from new Haven right now? Yes, sir. You know, there's another bass band from there that I'm a Who? huge fucking fan of Doug Wimbish. I don't know Doug Wimbish. Oh, man. He goes back to the Sugar Hill gang. He's playing with Liver Cullen. He was with Mark Stewart Mafia. Incredible oh, bass yeah. man. Incredible bass man. Maybe you're too older than I am, but big hero of mine. Uh, I got Amazing. to do once the whole Funkadelic uh, Maggot Brain album with him in West <laughs> Hollywood, the Viper. Yeah, by wow. accident. I remember when we were back in my mind, I looked over at him and... He, he looked at me like, yeah, what? You know this song. And it was like yeah. one of the moments you never fucking, fucking forget in your life. <laughs> Tell me about Organ That Remains. Uh, really excited. I mean, that this has been a project. Um, so Organ That Remains is all Harry Parch samples. 
And last, just not this Christmas, December 2020, I got a false positive COVID test and I was stuck at home. That's my birthday, December 20. Oh, amazing. Um, uh, And I I was working on this lathe for this label out in Arkansas, No Town Sound. And um, I was was feeling pretty mad because I wanted to go have a holiday uh, and I wasn't sick. (laughs) And so I made this uh, from samples from the beginning of a Harry Parch documentary called The Dreamer That Remains. So that's where the title comes from. I should tell from. the listeners, Harry Parch is very uh, inspirational for making his own fucking, if he wanted a sound, oh, he made yeah. an instrument for it. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's, he's one of, uh, he's a, on, you know, on the, on the list for me of uh, what kind of got me going in my gears and my ears, more or less, of kind of being like, oh, yeah, you can make something how you'd like it. <laughs> you know, but um, flag fly. look, Zach, we're at the end of the first hour, January 2, 2021, 2022. 2022. Yes, you know, from Pedro's show, special guest Zach Rod. Hold tight for hour two, January 2, 2022. It's the second hour of the lot from Pedro's show.
November 
Closer. 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 Now the person's sinking into the seat, almost like being consumed by the seat.
day. I get up in the morning. And I find something to complain about. And usually, doesn't take me very long. She'll start off the second hour with Tongue Depressor doing Monocline. Then out of Ireland, brand new f- from Organs. Speaking of your organ tune, this is Organs. I think they're talking about, uh, well, maybe you did too. This is like guts. Body, body organs. Yeah, right. 1963 <laughs> is the name of the tune. And then uh, brand new, I got this in the mail. Senior Salty Balls out of Brooklyn with Complain. Exclamation point there, people. Make that apparent with my hilting voice. So, so back to your journey here. Bring it, Zach, about uh, where you wanted. You said something about making loops and stuff. So you started getting involved with what tape recorders, electronics. Yeah, yeah, for like a uh, yeah, just four tracks, and um, because I was I was playing a lot of improvised music. I was playing a lot of solo upright bass stuff i did some electric stuff on my own and then kind of you know i started playing uh, old-time music on fiddle and that's where like a lot of the tongue depressor stuff which we'll get to comes in but um yeah what is tongue depressor 
Tongue Depressor is uh, probably my main project outside of the solo stuff, and it's with um, my dear friend Henry Birdsey. And uh, we got together in 2017, and he's a, he was a student up at Bard, and uh, he was a composition student, and I got asked to play on his uh, bass piece. His He wrote a bass quartet, and uh, I traded him to like record some samples for the piece. I traded him like some recording time, and over that time, we kind of just started talking, and uh, we're joking around, and, and you know, <clears throat> oh, yeah, I started playing fiddle. Oh, yeah, I started playing fiddle, too, and we got in the studio and made this like disgusting, cut-up, prepared, you know, violin, trash recordings and that's what became actually the first tongue depressor tape and then everything since then sounds nothing like it um <laughs> because he studied microtonal music and with kyle gann and stuff so we it's a drone band that deals with like dust intonation and like it's about like the ethos of like we were interested in kind of looking at the uh like serpent hand, like Appalachian evangelical traditions and stuff, and you know snake handling churches and speaking in tongues, and kind of rustic uh, America that is kind of uh, left by the wayside. But um, yet every holler had their own trip. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's uh, not so generic, right? Appalachian it gets specific. Totally, totally. And can so I ask you when you said uh, traded them some samples? You got a you got a studio at your pad? Uh, I did. Yeah, I've I have a studio room filled with yeah tape machines. Oh, that's and great, man! I, I love it that that people playing are doing their own recording. Oh yeah, yeah. And Henry, Henry's an, a proper engineer. I'm I I can do it for myself. But so that's how a lot of the time depressor stuff even happens. Is that he is a not only a com compositional and performance you know whiz, but he really can throw down on uh, the recording into things. So it's um. It works out and it's been really amazing because it's been the first project that I've had that is basically we play anything. And speaking of Harry Parch, the monocline track, I'm playing a Parch. It's like a MIDI keyboard, but we have the Parch scale mapped onto it. Um, so okay. it's at the 43 note to the octave. Sure, sure. Bye. First it took me to a James Tenney gig. Yeah, and they were all playing traditional instruments, but man, it was, oh yeah, it was intense. It was like another, <laughs> yeah, another huge flute, but like worked a whole different way than playing that flute was. Oh playing. yeah, and made your brain the, melt. Yeah, yeah, right. Look, another project, Dracula pamphlet. I want to play this. You gave me. Oh, amazing. Uh...
Pedro Show, that chunk of music started off with Dracula Pamphlet, Blood Loops, Toot, and then we had uh, Zvezda. Yeah, it was a Slovenian for star, people, right? Hoshi in Japanese, I guess. And uh, Stella, huh? It's Estella, Espanol, Stella, Daniel. Live at Musiki Benale Zagreb, uh, 19. Oh, they still called Yugoslavia then. Okay, Trobakova, Kushne Pesci. So, so Hippos. Zach, please, to Dracula, Dra- Dracula Pamphlet. Dracula Pamphlet. Um, a newer band. Uh, one of my, I think, yeah, more exciting uh, side projects is with uh, Drew Davis from Crazy Doberman and uh, Roman Perot of Vomir fame. Uh, and we, a very circumstantial band. We met, uh, Vomir was on tour with the Rita and Black Leather Jesus and uh, 
they were playing Richmond and I it was actually the last gig I ever went to our tape we made in the backyard um I was on tour March 2020 it was the I played two gigs in Richmond, 7th and 8th, and then on the 9th was the Vomir show. Drew hit me up being like, hey, before the gig, do you want to jam with Vomir? He he makes this stuff called shit folk music. Shit and I was folk. like, yeah, and I was like, shit folk. I was like, that sounds awesome. I'm Shice so down folk. to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so I get to the gig and Drew, and there's a bunch of people there, and, and Are they wearing Well, it's a noise gig. And so we go out back and we have like ukuleles and auto harps and bells. And me, Roman and, and Drew basically recorded on like three different iPhones. And we play for like five minutes, just improvising, sounding like, you know, a folk band in a, tra- in, you know, a blender. The, the iPhones are the actual recording devices. Yeah, like literally just an iPhone on a hood of a car, and we're like, wow. But, but you're playing, you're playing, you're playing your stand-up bass, right? No, I'm playing like ukulele and oh, auto ukulele, harp. You know? and okay, okay. Just like it was all stuff that we had in Drew's trunk, and we just brought it out back. And Roman's attacking this instrument, you know, this little ukulele kind of snarling, and we kind of you know laughed about it afterwards. Oh man, thanks so much. This was so great. You know, okay, the noise gig happens. Whatever. A couple weeks later, I listened back to the recording, and I'm talking to Drew, being like, "This is really good. Like, <laughs> this is tight." So then I. We all agree that the five minutes we played were awesome, and uh, I did a, which is Blood Loops 1, on the tape, uh, a re-edit of the A-side. So the Blood Loops 2 that was just played um, is actually not out yet, and so we have a new... world premiere on the Watt from Pedro show. Yeah, exactly. So we have... Yeah, we have the three of us on this one, and then Ludmila and Tim, who are also crazy Doberman uh, members, and uh, now this wasn't a performance. So, this was like getting ready, like practice, right? What do you mean? Well, the festival, right? It sounds like you put the shit on the car and just started jamming. Oh yeah, no, this was like you want to jam? Yeah, let's walk over there, and then we played, and so that was how the first tape happened. So then for this next one, me, Tim, Ludmila, and Drew recorded something, and then and then Roro sent us all these stems and and Tim made an A side that like he pieced everything together and then I took all of the stems from everyone but and I'm, made I'm curious what how that did the is. festival end up the, the, the shit folk oh well the shit folk was just us playing the the normal festival we just played in the backyard no one knew what we were doing oh, okay. and then there was like okay. a giant noise gig so, happening so you're, you're talking <laughs> Zach there was a parallel universe kind of trip going on 100% and uh shows to go was, though right like ishmael yeah, yeah this this tape lives to tell the tale that gig exactly went into the air exactly and that's kind of uh yeah and, and having a band with roman's been awesome and and seeing even how he remotely works you know i got a folder of like you know 30 stems of insane stuff so all the loops on the blood loops too are from the whole band that i picked and put on loops and rearranged and whatever so that's a um, trippy way to collaborate because everybody's in control at different moments exactly yeah, yeah. and it yeah. does and I, I it creates it zach i should hip to the listeners stems mean like little submixes people instead of like all the tracks yeah individual slices yeah Um, Yeah, so that's been a kind of interesting um, part of of the recent music making is that I've been doing a lot of like re-edit stuff on loops of re-editing my own music or other people's stuff or 
I got to work with a dear friend and idol of mine, uh, Aki Onda from Japan, um, on a installation he did. Well, can I, I ask you about this? You know, like yeah. those dub guys in Jamaica, where they take other dudes, you know, to make a toaster thing or a back. Totally. Yeah. So the performance like is rebirthed. Yeah. By the yeah. remix or whatever, the assembly of the one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's so true. And 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 a and a friend of mine, uh, my buddy John McCowan, was actually talking to me and about. Uh, I sent him a, a a different record that I'm trying to get out uh, somewhere, and um, he kind of mentioned he was like, "Yeah, I think he's like, I think you're more close. He's like, you you have closer relations to Dub than you would think. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, those how cats. it's presented and and, yeah. and and the production and and how you actually like." make it take is actually me, more me. of an analog yeah yeah, yeah which yeah. i never really thought about of being like oh yeah i have an effect you know why like... because that idea genre is too strong we gotta get rid totally. of that fucking idea look zach we're at the end of the second hour january 2 2022 this what pedro show special guest zach rowden hold tight for hour three January 2, 2022. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pete Rose.
Does the sun, it's ecological. One, two, three, four, one, two. On a stave. Does the sun really burn her? The clouds away. He'd heckle us once during the set. Go ahead, heckle us. Yeah, come at me with some solutions. Give us some solutions to the answers, to the questions. Solutions. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Just answers. That's one answer. Well, for Pedro's show, we start off the third hour. Paul Flattery, Zach Rowden, Throne Shadows. Then we had Crane with We Can Be Real. Finally, the worst band name in the world, Babes New York City. But they got some funny songs. Does the sun? Does the sun? It's no uh, question mark. So it's declarative, huh? 
Okay, hmm. whatever, what? <laughs> Hip us, please, Zach, to Paul Flaherty and yourself with this thrown shadow. This duet. I'm not. Yeah, another another premiere today. Uh, yes, thank you. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. He, this record is coming out on an amazing Indiana label called Family Vineyard in oh, yeah. February, February, March. Yeah, Eric Weddle and um, me and Paul. I've been a. I've seen Paul play so many times with Chris Corsano and yeah, Bill Nace. Great and, Trevor man, Chris Corsano. Oh, Chris is the best. Um, Ithaca. Yeah, Ithaca. Yeah, up here. And um, so I hit again. Paul lives in Hartford, Connecticut, and I I hit him up a couple of years ago to jam and played a couple of gigs. And then Henry actually recorded um, this record, uh, what Throne Shadows is on, um, a record called As Far as Death. And um, it's kind of um, one of the few times I stretch into like a free jazz context. Um, and Paul is an amazing improviser in that he stands his ground, but yet like it's so open for everything. So I had just a, I always have fun playing with them. It's a, a, a real treat. And uh, to also just play with somebody who's been, you know, in the Connecticut, New England scene and in the scene for, for so long, you know, Paul's 70, whatever now, and still, yeah, much jamming, jamming harder than most people I know. And, well, well um, let me ask you this, because you said free jazz, stand-up bass. I'm thinking, what was this thing, Testament? Uh, I saw him do that thing at the first shitting factory on Houston. Uh, Parker, uh, William Parker. Oh, William Parker. Yeah, 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 big William Parker fan. Okay, okay. I saw him do that thing, 45, 50 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah, in the August, sweaty-ass, stinking, you know, you know the situation. Yes, oh, yeah. But, man, it, um, was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. There's something about how personal stand-up bass can be on man alone or woman alone. Mode. Totally, totally, totally. And, yeah, and that was something that I started doing a lot of unknowingly just because I didn't have people to play with when I got out of school, really, or out of undergrad, really. In the grads. Uh oh, I think I'm losing you. I think it's a fucking bullshit. <laughs> Great, Zach, you're back. Fuck <laughs> you very much, Mr. AT&T. <laughs> it rains here, people, not a lot, but when it does, we have these hot ass problems with this connects. I got no fucking options to go to another ISP. Anyway, no enough belly aching. We got Zach back, and we're talking about, yeah, with Mr. Flaherty. And uh, also Man Alone, uh, expressing yourself Man Alone on the bass, which you had no options. That's all you had for yeah. a while. Yeah, and that, I think, was really important because, like, you know, I mean, talking about Paul and uh, a moment that really uh, was big for me was I, I was I was on a solo tour right after maybe Paul was in school. Uh, a grad school and i played in buffalo with with uh steve bajkowski yeah. one of the best people i can't say enough good things about steve and yeah, i remember when i when i showed up and he was like man you're out here road dogging alone and i was like yeah man and i was like 22 23 at the time and he was just like that's crazy and i was like is it and he was like that's insane and I was, he's like, I, I don't even have a car. It started going off on all this stuff. And I was like, oh, right. Like, I guess other people don't. I didn't really think about a lot 
I was just like, oh, I guess people tour. I should start touring. I play alone. And my I'll... pop used to say to me sometimes, boy, don't think, do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I felt like I did that for a handful of years, and it kind of like helped me get through or solidify wherever sure, I'm going sure. to the next one. And it was kind of this strange thing of being like, oh, right, I guess I am just doing stuff. Yeah. And people like Steve being like, this is cool. I'm happy. That's awesome. You're out there alone, man. Like, People don't do that. I was like, oh, wow, I should – thanks. You know, <laughs> like no one else was saying anything. You know, it was like this was just normal to me. Um, oh, we don't so, like that word. You mean uh, healthy. Yes, okay. yes. <laughs> Look, you gave me this music, red, yellow, blue, green, black. I want to play I it. Did.
experiences como tú hiciste así nada no no Watch for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Red, yellow, blue, green, and black with a tune called Side A. Maybe it's a side A of a cassette. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's a side A of a cassette. Finally, last um, music for this edition. If Bawana with Marta alone. And we know If Bawana, right? That we do know If Bawana. I want to know, yes. before you get into hit me and enlighten mm -hmm. me to what Side A is, how how'd you get connected with Al Margolis. Oh, with Guru Al? Um, Guru Al. Guru Al. Um, man, I talk about, I, yeah, I try to talk to, talk about so many people about Al. He's amazing. Um, I met him the first time I met Al Margolis. I met him in, um, at this house in New Paltz, New York called My Life in the Bush of Ghosts is where I met Al. And we started talking about, a bunch of stuff because he works for Phil Niblock, I think as an archivist or in some capacity. And he saw me play a solo bass set and it was, you know, loud microtonal drone stuff. So I think that's what hipped him. Did you just even say, Hey, and, um, since then he's come and played in New Haven a bunch and out in Connecticut, and we've shared a ton of bills and, um, I've, yeah, I mean, a big fan of Sound of Pig and Pogus and the whole operation. So, um, before that yeah. was cassettes, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, he's a, you know, you need cats like that to get the fabric of community going, but he's also yeah. a doer, too. It'd be god, buttloads of fucking uh, releases and stuff, tons. I mean, it's amazing, yeah, it yeah. really is ins inspirational. And and this red, yellow, green, blue, black, I mean, blue, <laughs> yeah, red, yellow, blue, green, black. Yeah. Um, it's a duo with my buddy austin larkin who's a violinist from uh, seattle who recently moved out to new haven and um last january yeah a year ago we um he's a maniac yeah he rides his bike all the time and he would ride over to my house like every thursday for like almost two months and we i would rec we would you know have some candles whatever my I, had, I was living in this house where my bedroom was like the dining room so i had this like big open room and i would just put a micro cassette recorder between us and that was the only recording <laughs> that we had of any of this so i have like eight micro cassettes filled of stuff that we're going to be gradually releasing like those ones they use for fucking answer machines right? fuck yeah <laughs> the dictaphones yeah 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 definitely um so, so because, where can people find you on the internet? Um, my Bandcamp is the best way of okay. getting about, and Bandcamp or Instagram, and it's just ZachRowden at okay, .bandcamp.com. Z-A-C-H-R-O-W-D-E-N dot Bandcamp dot com. And the instant ham shit, too. But, yeah. uh, look, when you get new stuff, and it's like you, you are in productive mode, it sounds like, and plus you've yeah. got righteous people with you uh, collabing. So, will you come back on the show? 100%. Oh, of course. Beautiful, Zach. Let me know beautiful. when. Yeah. I think after the, I got tour, I'm going to help Mike get out in March and April. We're getting back into tour mode, people. 
Uh, and then right. after that, I come back, and I'd love to have you back on, Zach, truly. I thank Al Mongol so much for the connect. To hear yeah, about a bass player being so, you know, uh, got the urge to create and be part of things, you know. We're yeah. not just sidemen. Yeah. Sometimes we're motivators, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, from the back, you know, from trying to, trying to <laughs> eat right. forward. Yeah. Right? The <laughs> politics of bass is so great, right? You look good making the other cats look good. I right. love that. Right, right, right. I love that. <laughs> And I, I yeah, never totally. will stop thanking D Boone's ma for putting me on base, even though I didn't even know what it was. Right, right. Politically, yeah, it's yeah. the best thing in the band, and it's still mysterious. It's still inventing itself. Well, you know, all the instruments can, especially totally. nowadays totally. with people with more open minds. We leave away all those cliche, right, uh, right. retarded roles, right? Life's about taking turns anyway, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's a big honor to have you aboard. Thank you so much. Can't wait till you're back, brother Zach. Keep on keeping on, be, please. Be on, be in touch, man. Thank you so much for having me. All right, people. January two, twenty two, no, twenty twenty two edition of the Wife of Pedro. So keep your powder dry.